I'm on fire. the Let's Go Racing Family Podcast, sharing our love for NASCAR, running, and just racing through life. Hosted by Sebastian, Giovanni, Karen, Tony, and me, Johan. Each week, we'll talk about our view of the world through the lens of racing. Welcome back, Let's Go Racing Family, to another episode, a uh, full episode, actually, this time. We're going to be doing another double race review and going over the Darlington Mother's Day race, which was a fun throwback, as well as the Dover race that happened again at the Monster Mile, as well as going over our race picks for the upcoming Coda race or Circuit of the Americas. Johan, what state? Texas. So this week, we're going to start off by talking about the throwback race at Darlington. Which was pretty much... The Martin Truex Jr. show. Yeah, Martin Truex Jr. dominated the race. I think he won stage one and two, and he won the race. I mean, that doesn't even tell you the full story. He led seven times for 248 laps. There were only 293 laps in the entire race. So he pretty much led wire to wire. This man's sus, bro. So this was basically the race in the quick highlights. So stage one, Truex, then mid-race, Kurt Busch goes on fire, and <laughs> we were joking. We were joking like he's going to argue Bobby. And then from there, Truex is just dominating. Larson tries doing something, doesn't get there. And Truex wins. And I the, mean, around the end of the race, Larson The best had part really of that run. highlight was Kurt Busch and the Ricky Bobby meme. You also forgot two incidents involving Stuart Haas racing drivers that literally happened so closely it's like it's weird that it happened twice yeah it was like deja vu <laughs> two of the Stuart Haas cars the number 10 and the number 41 hit the inside wall at the exact same place and their car smushed up the exact same way and guess who caused both Ricky Stenhouse Jr. What a surprise. Actually, can I tell you, th- these wrecks, these wrecks of um, Cole Custard and Ar- Eric Amarola, they were like Jimmy Johnson's wreck at the Real Heroes 400. Chris Buescher hit him and Jimmy went around. So I'm thinking you may not or you may be a hashtag Chris Buescher. So you may, you may um, be in the hashtag club. But um, I'm very mad at Brad Keselowski because he's in the cone of shame after leading the first lap of the race. Didn't even get me a single point, And he didn't even finish in the top 20. Yeah, so where did your guy, your race pick, finish? 24th. Wow. Seriously, 24th. You lead the first lap and you're like, I don't want to give this kid points. I'm out of here. The crazy thing is that do we even know what happened to Brad Keselowski? He just fell and went down a few laps. And his teammates, uh, Joey and Ryan Blaney, they finished, I believe they both finished in the top 10. So Logano finished in 13th and Blaney finished in 8th. Yeah, so he fin- Blaney got a top 10 and and then Logano finished 13th. You know, I honestly, I don't remember what happened to him. I don't know if, I, I cannot think off the top of my head if he was, if he was in a wreck. 
And I, I guess that shows something. If you don't remember, it wasn't that memorable. He wasn't in a wreck. It wasn't in a wreck. He, he didn't just, have penalties. He just started falling backwards. Yeah. I mean, Martin Truex Jr. was running so well. He was lapping cars very quickly. I mean, one of the guys that we like to follow every week was Danny Suarez. And it seemed like from the get-go, he was, you know, bottom 20s. And then he got lapped. I think he ended up finishing a couple of laps down. Like, he was way off the pace. And so I feel like if you fell back and Martin Truex Jr. You just couldn't get back he, up. Yeah, at this he, track. there was yeah. no way of recovering. I mean, didn't they modify the package to have more horsepower and less downforce? Yeah, actually, that's a great point, Giovanni. I think that that kind of came up. And, and Darlington is a, is a tough track. There is this thing known as the Darlington Stripe, which I, if I remember correctly, it's coming out of turn four, that it is a tricky turn and in terms of where you accelerate. And if you don't do it right, you hit that outside wall and you give your car the Darlington stripe. Like everybody gets a Darlington stripe at some point. I mean, you're going 293 laps. At some point, you're going to hit that trying to push to the limits. And then for this particular race, the setup was a smaller spoiler, which meant less downforce, which what does that mean? They go faster. Also less grip. Where less grip where and the turns. Yeah, but physically on the car. Oh, on the tires. Yeah. But which set the back set, the back, right? Back because set. the downforce, think about it, the the higher the spoiler as the wind comes over the car, it pushes the back end of that car down. And these are rear wheel driven cars. So all the power goes through those rear wheels. And so the more grip those tires have, the more the back end of that car is pushed down, the faster it's going to go. And so they had shorter spoilers. Um, so you didn't have as much downforce and grip, but they still had a lot of power uh, because I think they compared the engines that they had allowed, uh, the amount of horsepower they allowed in the engines the year before was uh, under 600 horsepower, it was like 500 horsepower. But this year, it was well over 700. So you had more power so that meant that the drivers had to control the car more. They had to brake more. They had to play with the throttle more. And it was more driver input. And the idea and the theory is, of course, the better skilled you are, the better you'll do in terms of being able to control your car. So, I mean, if you think about it, the guys that finished near the front and, you know, if you just look at the top five between Martin Truex Jr., Kyle Larson and Kyle Busch, those are three guys that they know how to wheel a car even if the car is not giving you everything. It's not the best setup. They'll figure out a way to drive that car to victory lane. Sometimes every turn, they may look like they're going to wreck and they're so loose, but they keep that car going where they need to go. I mean, they were talking about Martin Truex Jr., how close he was getting to the outside wall. He just, he never hit it. And actually, most of the Darlington Tribes were on the back car, where, or the back of the car where the where like the, the spoiler was tiny, because they kept get getting loose in the car and touching that wall. Like Truex even got into that wall a bit on the back end off of turn four. So yeah, it was um, an interesting race. So and clearly, Martin Truex Jr. had the most power out of everybody. Because he kept it up there, but power there was, and the ability to control that. But there car was also a loose. car that was pretty much a close second, and we thought that he was going to be able to take it away from Martin Truex Jr. Unfortunately, he did not. But that was the five of Kyle Larson. He was pretty fast. He was coming up to him, 
Um, in fact, Kyle Larson wins the Let's Go Racing Family Move of the Week because he... Yeah, we're starting a new was- award. This was so impressive. <laughs> we're going to now start a new award for the drivers. Hopefully next he week we was get something coming, just as cool. He was coming up behind the number eight of Tyler Reddick and also Newman was side by side to him. And Kyle was able to squeeze between both the six and the eight to pass them. But it was such a clean, crisp move that I created this new award. Well, the other thing that's impressive, if you watch any of that race, you know that going too wide was about as 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 you as much you can do in these turns and he put his car three wide and split the difference and went right down the middle normally if you do that you're going to wreck someone or if not everybody around you and not only did he not wreck but he made the pass which was amazing and it was near the end of the race and i even said had he made the win that truly would have been the probably one of the top moves of the entire year and so it was it was actually pretty impressive johan why don't you take us through the final top five for this week's race so the top five was in fifth denny hamlin in fourth william byron in third kyle bush and in second kyle larson and in first martin drugs jr so since we talked about this being throwback weekend at darlington Let's talk about our favorite throwback paint schemes. There were some really cool ones. And then there were some other ones that they said they were throwbacks. And I was like, what are they throwing back to? Let's be honest, though. The best and most clean looking throwback out of them all has to have been Kurt Busch's throwback from last week. Mm, Looks so good. Never before seen. Ran that in the Daytona 500. You showed me something and I was looking at all the cars from last week's race that, you know, highlighted all the throwback paint schemes. And I'm looking at uh, Kurt Busch's car and I'm thinking, what in the world? It like looks like every week. So I, I truly don't understand what was throwback about it. It was his Monster Energy number one black. I mean, it's a clean looking car. I just don't know what the throwback part of it was. It was a throwback to last week, the scheme that he ran at the Bushy McBush race 400. How is that not a throwback? And that was literally one week ago, five days from apart. It'll be a throwback 20 years from now. All right. So All for right. real, what so, was your favorite? Karen, okay. what was your favorite throwback? So my favorite scheme? throwback paint scheme was the number seven of Corey LaJoy. And he was throwing back to Alan Lewicki's number seven that he drove it, it was the paint scheme was exactly the same and he actually drove the same number and I just loved the colors I love the colors I love the 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 style of the car and it truly did look like a throwback just in a modern uh car Sebastian what was your favorite paint scheme so my favorite um throwback paint scheme was Kyle Bush in the 18 he was his paint scheme was celebrating the 80th anniversary of the M&M's brand. But that's kind of cheating because it looks like the M&M's car and he's my guy. So aside from that, I would say my favorite paint scheme was William Byron's 24 Valvoline. This was made to honor the driver Neil Bonnet. And it looks pretty much exactly like his, like the car's inspiration. And it's like really cool that we get to see those paint schemes literally get lifted. Like how we saw with Corey LaJoy's car and Dan- Alan Kowicki. 
Yeah, the, the 24 was definitely another fan favorite. That was my second pick um, after the number seven. Uh, it just was really cool. And also being that it was Valvoline, it brought back like memories of when we used to um, when we used to root for the uh, number 10 Valvoline car. Gio, what was your favorite? So for me, I think my favorite was probably, and this is going to sound a little cliche, but I think mine was definitely Joey Logano's because it was like based off of a Ferrari that was driven by, I believe, Mario Andretti. Yeah, that was really cool. So Joey's car's paint scheme was a throwback to Mario Andretti's 1971 F1 Ferrari. So it wasn't even NASCAR. It was F1. And it was really cool. His car was painted in Ferrari red. I actually thought that was pretty cool because, you know, I always thought it was really NASCAR, but this was for auto racing. And we know that Joey Logano was a fan of auto racing and, you know, he loves the history of all kinds of, of racing. So I thought that was a really, really cool paint scheme. Johan, what was yours? My favorite throwback scheme was a bright and colorful one. It was the number eight of Tyler Reddick. I like it because it was bright and colorful. I really like bright and colorful cars, like Kyle Busch's M&M's car. It's bright, colorful, like yellow, and then different colors. And then this one was pink with yellow. It was just colorful and everything. I didn't even know what he was throwing it back to. And I he liked it. He definitely stood out and on the track. So, Tony, what was your favorite? This actually was throwback weekend, and it was both for the Cup Series and the Xfinity Series. So if I had to pick for the entire weekend, it would have been Dale Jr. restoring his dad's number eight good wrench black Chevy Nova. And it was he had been working on it for probably the last couple of years. I know that he had been talking a lot about it on his podcast. He was super excited. And he actually drove it on the track, paced the the cars around. But there was a little bit of controversy because the uh, the uh, FS1 didn't actually broadcast it. And so no one at home got to see it. We all got to see it because of social media, thankfully for that. But no one really got to see it. So that is my favorite because it was a tribute to his dad, Dale Sr. But if I had to pick a cup series, I'm going to have to go with. The Bass Pro Shops number three. Oh my word! That I know. Awesome. 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 Oh my word! It's sell out. Have a sell good out. night, everyone. I'm done. Oh, enough with the awesome Dylan Love goodbye. Fest. Goodbye. Guys, guys, guys. Let, let's. Okay, okay, well, okay. So come on, Dad me, and I, Austin Dillon. Can I? Can I? Stop, guys. Dad and Austin Dillon. No. Oh no. So I know you guys are a bunch of haters right now on the Austin Dillon hater train, but I actually did like the car. I mean, it didn't hurt that it had a three on it and it was on the side of the car it was black, but I liked it because it had that nice gold trim on the front. They actually Bass Pro Shops got into it and they got their older logo, their retro logo on the car. And it was all in tribute to NASCAR Hall of Famer Fireball Rob. Like, I mean, first of all, that's like one of the coolest nicknames outside of the Intimidator. Um, so I just liked the car. I thought it looked fresh. And it was one of those. It You could you knew that that was Austin Dillon. It, it was distinctly different from any other 
car paint scheme out there. Uh, I also liked the 99. I liked Danny Suarez. But when I was uh, learning a little bit more about it, it was a tribute to it was a throwback to um, the uh, to camping world. But it really wasn't a throwback to a particular driver. So that's why I would probably take some points away on that, because I really like the cars that have a tribute to the old school NASCAR. I think that's pretty cool because the history of the sport is so important to remember. So I just want to make one point. Throwback at Darlington was the entire weekend. It was trucks, Xfinity, and Cup. And there was a there was a truck that had a pretty cool paint scheme. Sebastian, tell us about that. So the driver of the number 26 GMS Racing Chevrolet, Tyler Ankrum, drove his truck, which was designed to look like the number 26 Wonder Bread car from Talladega Nights, The Ballad of Ricky Bobby. That is awesome. That was really cool. Ricky Bobby. His truck looked like Ricky Bobby's car. Wonder Bread. I love it. I'm on fire. So let's go ahead and hop into the Dover race, which was a pretty exciting one. As always, we got to see Miles holding a champion in the trophy. Yeah, the 48 car ended up being the one in Miles' arm, which you could say was kind of foreshadowing the events of this race. Oh, that's true. The four, so so okay, so let's let's start here. At the Dover Speedway, there is a giant monster or Miles the Monster statue. And in his hand is an actual race car. Because that's how the trophy is. You get a the trophy is a small version of him, and then you put if you're the winner, you get your car in his hand. But at the racetrack this weekend, Miles was holding the Ally 48. Did we did we ever find out why? I guess I mean Ally is obviously a, a sponsor of the track, and maybe that's what it was. But yes. Very interesting. I think it might just be like a raffle thing. I'm not sure though. But I I think it's more than a raffle. Yes, Johan. It's because of his Jimmy Johnson's last year at Dover. It um 2020 was his last time at Dover, and that is like like the best track that he's ran, and that was actually the track that he last won at. That was his last win. The track he um. Yeah, like how many uh, race wins did he have at that track? He had like about like I think more than seven. I think like maybe eleven or less than that. Wow, that's a lot of races. That is one at an Dover. incredible amount. But when was the last time even the forty eight was in lane in victory lane? Like um, bef- it felt like it was years ago. Before Alex Bowman um brought the forty eight back to victory lane in twenty twenty one, it was twenty seventeen. Was the last time the 48 had gone to victory lane? Yep. Wow. And Ally didn't win a race. And then they were, I bet they were like, come on, Bowman, win, a, win, your fir- win our first race as a sponsor. Yes, finally we, we won a race as a sponsor. Well, let, let's actually back up for just a second and, and just really quickly recap the race because before it was an Alex Bowman coronation, what happened in the race? 
So the race started off basically being the Martin Truex Jr. show. And for a majority of us, we were like, oh, please, not this. No, please, anything but this, please. And with Martin Truex Jr. being my pick, I was pretty happy. And obviously there weren't, but I was like, you know what? I'd be fine if he doesn't win the race. I'll take two points or maybe even just one. And as a joke, I should not open my mouth as when I say things, they tend to happen. I ended up saying... About what, like 20 laps into the race? You know what? Uh, the, he's so far ahead. You should just give him the trophy called the race. Martin Truex? I regret speaking. I, I literally regret speaking. Yes, because he did fall like a rock. I mean, early on, I think he led the first 15 laps. He then led and he uh, shuffled back, but then took the lead again. And then I what was it? Did he have problems? What, what happened to his car? Because he fell. And I think by the time we got to stage two, no, actually, by the time we got to the end of stage one, he, he was, wasn't even in the top he was 10 being lapped. Yeah. <laughs> like what happened? Hendrick was just too powerful. Honestly, it was just that Joe Gibbs was no match for Hendrix this week. Hendrix was absolutely. Yeah. Insane. Like, Larson became the top man. Yeah. Larson um, won both stage one and two. And him and the rest of the Hendrix crew basically just flexed on the other drivers. They also, you can call this I believe, the good Hendrix race. Stages or for the second and third stages, they actually finished one, two, three, and four. All four of the Hendrick drivers finished stacked like that, which was, yeah, it was absolutely the last two insane. Yeah, the, la- the top four cars, the last two stages were all Hendrick. They just shuffled the place. The only one... um that uh didn't do anything uh well i mean he still finished fourth the end of stage two and at the end of the race was uh william byron the 24 finished um in fourth place in both both uh both stages but yeah i mean it was really hendrick power that was up front well actually fun fact about this race and then jimmy johnson's last win the driver who finished second to jimmy johnson in his last win was Kyle Larson. And then this race, the driver finishing second to the 48 was Kyle Larson. What a coincidence. Hmm. So the time that the 48, um, um, the time that the 48 came back to victory lane at Dover was Kyle Larson second. And then the time when Jimmy Johnson won his final race at Dover was Kyle Larson in second. You know, NASCAR is being kind of suspicious, man, you know. So we talked about the fact that this was Hendrick Power. Johan, who finished in the top five? The top five were um, Joey Logano in fifth. He had a fast run. William Byron in fourth. Chase Elliott in third. Kyle Larson in second. And then the winner, Alex Bowman. And I will tell you that you kind of glossed over the fact that Joey Logano finished in fifth. On that like last restart, he was like one of the only cars on the lead lap that came in and got tires and all that and was like back as far as 17th. Mom was saying Yeah, that- I know. So I picked Joey Logano and when I saw him pit, I, I I don't remember exactly how many laps were left, but it wasn't a lot of laps. And I was like, Joey, what are you doing? Why are you going in? There had already been like, I think this was like the second caution. None of the lead cars were going out. And I'm like, well, there go my points because I don't understand why he is going in. Mom, Joey's a driver. He's a per- He's a champion. So I remember that because he came in with a big wave of cars on the second to last caution. 
Then on that last one with 70 laps to go, he was one of the only drivers like that came in. two cars that came in to get tires. And he got tires and he got fuel. And I thought, well, maybe this is going to be a fuel race, but it, it wasn't. No. And he fell back to like the back of the lead lap. But whatever they did, they hooked that car up because he was coming. And I actually was hoping to see him get up there and break up the Hendrick, you know, lock on the top. I had a four. feeling just give him two yeah. more laps. He would we have thought taken a few fourth. more laps and he probably would have. Yeah. Broken into the Hendrick power in the front. Yeah. And Honestly, give him, I would say no 20 one. laps. If he had 20 laps with that consistent speed and power, he probably could have won the race. Yeah. I mean, he shaved off like probably I think within 20 laps, like four or five seconds, we were like watching. He was absolutely he was, insane. On he the was coming to the front. Honestly, that is why Joy Logano is not a B tier driver, but an A tier driver because he's able to do that. Nobody's arguing with you with that. We all know he's an A tier driver. He's, he's a the, champion and a Daytona 5. We all champion. know it. You just want to hear us say how good Joey Logano is. And yes, he is a top tier driver. He won the Daytona 500 no, and he won the champion. Because you. I've always thought that Joey Logano was a great driver. Okay, buddy. Honestly, let's just continue. Honestly, in 2016, if Jimmy Johnson um, was the one in Carl Edwards' place and he sadly crashed, if it was in that situation, I would root for Joey Logano because I like him. And I mean, he was leading that race too late. Anyway, we'll also give special shout out to our old friend Daniel Suarez for getting a top 10 this week. Yay. Yeah, that was actually pretty cool. Karen, I think you had even noticed like he was up as high as six uh, and was. um, Yeah, he he was up at six and then he started falling back to cars that were because he actually stayed out. So he had old tires, older tires. You know, he hadn't gone in for gas. So there were cars that had gotten tires that were getting close to him and passing him. And even though we were watching the end of the race and I mean, obviously Bowman was in the lead, I was like. I was holding Tony's hand really tight because I was so scared that um, Denny Hamlin. No, not Denny Hamlin. Who was it that was coming? Cole up? Custard. Cole Custard. Cole Custard. That's who it was. Denny Hamlin ended up passing him earlier. But Cole Custard was coming. And I just I wanted him to stay in ninth place. And yeah, we did, were watching so. the second. Yes, we're like, the oh, second. he's like within three seconds. Yes, we're like, no, he's closing in. Oh, no. Now it's 12, 20. No, it no was, now it's 12. It was like now tenths like of 10. a second. It was like four tenths yes, of a second, second, half a second. It was that close. Very and yes. close. Like he was right on his bumper and but he finished. He crossed the finish line. He did. In ninth. So we're super happy that uh, he got his second top 10 of this year. There was one thing I noticed during his uh, post race interview where he I think this is something good. Some people may not think that it's a good thing, but I think this is amazing. And I have to give props to Daniel Suarez. He was not happy with where he finished. And I think it goes to show. I mean, it's a good finishing position, but he can, but he feels like, and he knows he can do so much better. And it shows that he has that burning passion and that will and that drive to do better and to get and to, to the get point. that win. What, what did he yeah. say? What was his quote? He wanted to win. Yeah, he wanted. He to wanted to win. He wanted to, you know, he wanted. I think he said he wanted a trophy. Is yes. I think what he said. Yeah, he he's wanted like, a trophy. He's like, I want a trophy. Yeah. That's what he said. And I think that is such a good trait that so many of these newer and upcoming drivers don't have. And I feel like that's what they need. Eventually, they build it up. But I think Daniel Suarez has already had that for the little amount that he's been in this series. He's already doing so good. And again, we got to remember, this team did not exist last year. And they ran, you know, top 10 late in the race. And... I, you know, like you said, Karen, he got up there because um, late 
because he stayed out. And I thought, ooh, if he doesn't have a strong car, he's going to fall back. But clearly he did. And he knows what he's doing because he was able to stay there and um, really be competitive. Honestly, you never know when you're in the top 10 and it gets late, you know, anything can happen. And that's the kind of stuff that you want to see as your driver up there. Another driver of note was Bubba Wallace. He was running top 10 again late, and we thought maybe he would get his first top 10. Still hasn't gotten. I, it actually surprised me. I thought, I know he's run well, and that was one of the comments that I've read about Denny Hamlin saying that he's been running well at times, but he has to close the deal. Yeah. And so he um, did fall back a bit, but then managed to get back up and finish in 11th. Yeah. So, I mean, not a top 10, but pretty darn close. And yeah, I think that's actually a, his um, highest finish this year. Yeah, yeah. He hasn't had top 10. So, yeah, this is his highest. Oh, it was his first top 15. Yeah, top 15 because he hasn't oh, finished wow. above 15. Really? Wow. He has finished like 16th and 17th and then uh, obviously further back than that. But, yeah, this was his highest finish. All right. Well, hopefully he can build on it. And, uh, you know, he's a, he's a, he seems to have proven he can be a good road course driver. So. Maybe we'll we'll see if he can uh, capitalize. And again, another good driver that came from a team that didn't exist last year. And honest- but it did now. And I think he's another driver who has that passion and is going to put in that effort. And I think in the next upcoming races and upcoming seasons, we will see improvement from him. Um, I watched the Next Gen live stream when the Next Gen was announced that, like, I think... It, um, all the equipment's gonna be the same, so you could possibly see Timmy Hill win a race. You just have to get the right, you know, like the right card and make sure it's not I mean, too tight or too that, loose. That's a little bit of a stretch to say that all of a sudden Timmy Hill is gonna get up there and win. I mean, again, well, yeah. you can see um Daniel Suarez and Bubba Wallace running top five a bunch of races next season. So watch those two guys. Those are two guys you you're, you're gonna have to watch next season. It will be really interesting. I do agree with you. If all the cars are truly equal, then it's truly the driver skill. So yes, because that will be interesting. these drivers are can be good drivers. Yeah, no, I I I see what you're saying. We'll see, we'll see. I don't know if I would jump to say that Timmy Hill all of a sudden is going to start winning races, but uh, hey, if he does, I'll be the first one to admit that I was wrong. I will be the day Kevin Harvick getting 36 with no. I okay for, that 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 I would tell be the, you, wait. What if we see Timmy happen, Hill wins it holds the um, NASCAR no, Cup Series? I'm not saying Timmy Hill will never win. Trophy. I just don't know if it's going to jump up right away. Maybe we could yeah, see no, Timmy Hill holding not. the championship think, again, trophy. Like I said, it's that passion and it's the drive to do better and to put in the performance. Well, you also got to have the skills. And, and Danny, the skills Danny too, Squad yeah. is dust. Honestly, we, we all know that he's one. He's a champion of NASCAR already, and the equipment guys. Well, that's what we're saying, though, and that's I think what Johan is saying is that the equipment will be easy. The equipment so. could be easy, so you could see Timmy Hill holding the championship trophy. Okay, okay. Right, let's let's not right, I, think like cropped, I think we jumped the shark uh, out for this segment. So, uh, any any last comments about Hendrick making history, and what was the historic? Oh, uh, point? first time ever. All of Rick Hendrick's drivers finish one, two, three, four. And I think it was the first time in the series since like 2005, I think, that that happened. That a team had their all four drivers finish back to back to back. Also, Team Hendricks has like the youngest um, like team. Their average is 26 years old. Yeah, they were saying that they have a a stellar lineup at Hendrick. So that's true. Karen, just a little trivia for you, because I know that you and I actually have been watching NASCAR a lot longer than than the kids. 
remember they said the last time a team went one, two, three, four was in 2005. Do you remember what team that could have been? Can I guess? In 2005? Let mom go first. Yeah. Who was really strong back in 2005? Team-wise. I want to say either Roush or Gibbs. Who won the 2001? Who won the 2005 championship? That's a great question. Because whoever did from that team, I have a feeling it's that team. Actually, I don't think you're correct. All right. Roush Fenway. Any guesses? All right. You're saying Roush? I say Roush. Yeah, Roush, because Gibbs only had three cars back then. Yeah. So it was Roush Fenway Racing, it was the Homestead Race, it was November 20th, 2005. Greg Biffle won. Yes. Greg Biffle won. Very good. Mark Martin came in second. Matt Kenseth came in third. Carl Edwards came in fourth. But it was Tony Stewart who had won his second championship that year. So a little little NASCAR history trivia for you. It is kind of crazy to think how dominant. Like the way we look at Hendrick today, and Hendrick has really been dominant throughout his history, but the fact that he is just so dominant, Roush was just as strong. And we thought they were going to take over because they had the five teams and that and NASCAR was changing the team owner rules. So it's it's kind of amazing that they're not near as where they were. They're not they they're not winning races anymore. The last time Roush Fenway actually won a race was, I think, with Ricky Stenhouse Jr. in 2017 at Daytona. Oh, Daytona? Yeah, the Coke Zero Sugar 400. Wow. For our Dover race picks, I picked Joey Logano, and we already talked about him. So he finished fifth. I picked Kevin Harvick, and he was running in fifth, but he got passed by Joey, so he got six. I picked Martin Truex Jr., and he ended up getting 19th, which I'm not happy about. But at least I can say, overall, he's much better of a driver than Austin Dillon. So, Tony, how did Austin Dillon do in Yeah, this how race? did the praised right, three guys, child, listen, listen. how did he do? Right. How did this amazing driver, so skillful. You cry all you want. The Daniel Suarez is, is a better driver than him. I, you know what? I, I, would, I would like to agree with you, but the fact of the matter is, Oh, Danny Suarez has not won at the Cup Series yet. I like Danny Suarez. Get He's off probably the pod. one of my get favorite. Get if not here. my, will you let door. me finish? He's probably, if not my, if if not it's one of my top, of he equipment. may be my top favorite driver in all on NASCAR right now. But he hasn't won yet. So it's kind of hard to say one guy's better than Dad. another guy if he's never won. And Austin the other guy Dillon had a Daytona 500 won. and a Coca-Cola 600 and a race at Texas. So, yes. Austin Dillon didn't do as well as Where's we thought. Top five this season. He finished in fourteen. Where's his win this season? You know oh, what? It's coming. Yeah. Okay. The number three hey, will be in victory lane. He ain't winning enough. this. Johan, where'd you finish? I picked the guy Denny Hamlin. Um, he finished seventh and got me one point. I'm fine with that. And at least Austin Dillon get it, didn't get a top ten. We'll see. You know what? I might have to pick him again. Oh. With that, Sebastian, where are we going next week? So next week, we are going to a new track for this series, the Circuit of the Americas for the Echo Park Texas Grand Prix. This is going to be a very special race. I can definitely say that. Yeah, it's going to be a Grand Prix. And as well as being a Grand Prix, it's actually going to have and take the title of the longest NASCAR track 
in length, which is actually taking over from Talladega, which was 2.2 miles long, I believe. And this one is 3.4 miles long. Oh, wow. I did not know that. That's pretty cool. It also has 20 turns and will actually have rules similar to F1 Grand Prix, where whenever something happens like a caution, they don't stop the race. They stop a section of the track and have drivers go slow while they clean up the mess. So the select portion of the track goes slowly. But once you exit that section of the track, you're able to go back at full speed. There's also one thing I really like about this track, and it has a very long backstretch. And, oh my word, it's actually really amazing. That's pretty cool. Well, honestly, if you um if you like F1 and you want to watch this because you've seen F1 race on this track, you're not going to be um seeing F1 cars. You're going to be see- you're going to be seeing NASCAR cars. I also have to say that there's going to be a special kind of qualifying for the race and it's going to be done right before the race. So the qualifying is Sunday FS1 at 11:30 and then you have the race at 2:30. Okay, so they're actually qualifying on Sunday? Yeah. Oh, that'll be that'll be interesting. So we're going to have to get up a little early. We may have to do a brunch while we watch the race. I also saw some pictures. I think there's even elevation on the track. Like you're going to actually the cars are going to go up and down. Yeah, it's a bit elevated. So, uh the only reason I really know about this track uh besides just appearing now, I I believe on one of our games that we have Gran Turismo or or Forza or something I've played before, it actually had this track, and I've driven down that backstretch. Even though it's just a game, it's actually really cool, and just, it's long, and it's it, it's just amazing. And I think it's going to be really cool to see during the NASCAR race. Well, very cool. I'm super excited. I think this was one of the highlights of the new 2020 season when they announced it. I know there was a lot of excitement around it. The best season ever continues. The best season ever does continue at the circuit of the Americas this Sunday for the Texas Grand Prix. Again, another race you want to tune into if you have not seen the NASCAR race before. By the way, let's just hope it's not thundered, but if it rains, that's okay because they can race in the rain at road courses. Oh, that's right. They can run the rain tires. We actually saw a little bit of that in Daytona last year, so that would be... No, in 2021 because... No, in 2020 we saw it. Or was it this year? Oh, was it this year? Oh, okay. So, yeah, I think it'll be pretty cool to see uh, if there is a little bit of rain and what they do and how they handle it. All right. I think we're ready to make our race picks. It's the Let's Go Racing Family Picks of the Week. Well, Karen, you continue to lead, so you get to pick first. Who do you have winning at the Circuit of the Americas this Sunday? Okay, so my pick. It's going to be somebody that you guys aren't going to expect because I know who you all are expecting me to choose. Are you, you're not going to don't gift say the that. name. Don't you're say not going to gift me. Don't say the name. Don't say. I mean, sure. If, if you want to say I gifted it to you, but I don't think he's going to win at this track. Wow. The person that I think is going to win at this track is actually one of the top race course drivers. It is the number one. Of Kurt Busch. Kurt Busch. Okay. Oh, what? That's wow. Actually, kind All right. of. 
I think I'm going next. Driver. Let me just tell you, you just you blew my mind because that is not who I thought you were going with. So I'm going to go with the guy who I thought you were going to pick. I even called it because at one point I thought I was going to beat you this week. I'm going with the number nine, Chase, Chase Elliott. Yeah, okay. I wanted to pick him. Horse King. I already I wrote it, it down. For and you. I know who Johan's going to pick. I hope I get this right. Johan? I'm going to pick the guy who won in the Daytona Road Course this year. I'm going to pick the guy who passed Logano with two laps to go. I'm going to pick Christopher Bell in that number 20 car. I think he's going to get his second career wow. win. Never mind. Nice. Okay, I guess not. Nice picks. All right, Giovanni, who are you picking to win? All right, it's going to seem a little cliche, but I think he's been doing actually pretty good this season. I think he's shown good performance. Let's go with the number 22, Joey Logano. Joey Logano. I think you pick between Joey and Martin Truex Jr. every week. Every week. week. All right, Sebastian, even though you're last, you have really good choices left. Don't so throw who is it, it going to be? Now, like most of our picks, it's going to be one you're not expecting. Whenever I think of road courses, I usually think of Watkins Glen. And the drivers that I know dominated that track were um, Marcus Ambrose, Brad Keselowski, and Kyle Busch. So I'm going to go with that second guy I mentioned, the number two of Brad Keselowski, who's going to get a win for Penske this week. And those are our race picks for Circuit of the Americas. Honestly, when I think of road courses, I think of the original two road courses, Watkins Glen and Sonoma. And something crazy, we have seven, we had seven, we have seven road courses this season, and there's one down and another one coming. Yeah, it is kind of crazy. I, I wasn't always a huge fan of the road course races, but as I've gotten more into NASCAR, I appreciate the different level and the different type of driving that it takes. And they're actually fun races. They're fun races to go because we've gone to a road course now. We've actually seen quite a few of them over the past uh, couple of years as they've added more and more. So I am actually super excited to watch this weekend's race. All right. That's the end of our show for this week. Giovanni, why don't you take us out? That's going to wrap up this week's episode. Thank you so much for listening on in. Please consider subscribing, following all of our socials, and downloading our podcast episodes. Anyway, Let's Go Racing Family, out. <laughs>